Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. These big money schemes and these powerful new overlords of the world are not your friends. Literally raising the dead in this place. Literally prayers. Getting people five years off their sentence. Get me out of here. So if you don't disrupt the status quo, then everything maintains. You don't crater easily to criticism from mere mortals. And the universe is vast. Come on. So there is enough room for more than one truth. Yeah, so I can't worry about if you think I'm special. I can't worry about if you think I'm powerful. How can we be at war with the partners that made the magic if we want the history of the magic to be brought back into the present? and then pushed into the future. I appreciate my pops for teaching me how to be a god. From a boy to a man and ultimately back into the natural state of being into a god. As God's supposed to always move with that higher self. And I had to be able to execute it. Having knowledge is not power, the execution of knowledge is power. Knowledge makes a man unfit to be a slave. Because the only real knowledge you can get is knowledge of self. Peace family, it's 19 Keys and this is High Level Conversations. We are in the year of 2024 and I was always taught that the world is prophesied and governed by 24 elders and and this book called The Black Root Science, it gives a breakdown that says that half of those 24 elders were women, 12 men and 12 women. It also speaks upon the fact that God is not a gender, but God represents man, God represents woman. But he said that when one is complete, it's when two souls come together, right? And when those two souls come together, that's when they definitely make God. And we all have a matching soul in the world, but the world is off tilt. The world has lost balance and souls are missing their match. So therefore, we're fighting each other. We're fighting each other for time instead of being connected with source, being connected to our elders. He said one of the great travesties that happened is when they disconnected the youth from the wisdom of the elders. It disconnected the chain of how we were able to share stories. It disconnected the wisdom and knowledge that we was able to pass down and seed from one generation to the other. And now, knowing this magical, beautiful background that we have, we can't seem to duplicate the results. 
And it seems that the obvious choice will be looking back and bringing those souls back together that made the magic in the first place. How can we be at war with the partners that made the magic if we want the history of the magic to be brought back into the present and then pushed into the future? There are many men doing the work. And then there are many women that are doing the work as well. When we say the work, the work is more so about pushing the earth forward, right? Pushing time forward. Um, Sometimes you have to create you know, splashes so that the ripples of those splashes produce waves, right? That create a current of change. Sometimes you have to do that through being outspoken. You have to do that through speaking truth. You got to do that through highlighting sources of knowledge, information, and education that is not the norm because the norm keeps things the way that they are. So if you don't disrupt the status quo, then everything maintains. And then there's peace in hell. And that's the last thing that we want. No, we want war in hell so that we can take over and we can have liberation because, as Kwame Turi said, there there is no peace without liberation. So don't ask me to be peaceful until we are free. Black media is supposed to narrate the truth, the stories, the perspective that is not usually had. Perspective is very important. Perspective changes everything. You can change your perspective about the past and it can become a lesson that you learn from and it can become a hero's tale instead of the feeling of being a victim, right? If you're not told the correct perspective, then you're getting a viewpoint that is slanted. And the enemy is the one who tells from his perspective for his agenda. Now you get to decide who your enemy is. But when we look at the world, And we have all of these fights against these corporations and institutions and governments. The people have decided that they believe that these big money schemes and these powerful new overlords of the world are not your friends. So should they then control the perspective that's shown about them to you, which has the ability to assuage the way you see things, view things, make decisions about the world? And now they're creating technology to go ahead and do it for them. Black media has never had its just due in light. But at the same time, black media has always been at the forefront of the fight. If there was no North Star, if there was no Final Call, if there was no Muhammad Speaks, if there was none of these papers that were a representation of what we believe is the perspective of the people, those who want liberation, those who want freedom, justice, and equality, then we wouldn't even made the progress that we have made in this country. And today we have the greatest tools to be able to narrate our stories, to tell it from our perspective so we don't have to complain about what they do. We can do it ourselves. The very challenge that comes along with that, though, is supporting those who step into that role and who decide to say that this is my job. Not only black media is important, but understanding it and understanding who we are from a spiritual place in a source in the divinity of our power we look around all across the world and the globe and we see logos we see sigils we see symbols we see mathematical metaphysical you know creations that are in tune with your dna and they express things inside of you that represent entities, they represent ideas, they represent energetic expression. But if you do not know that, then how can you fight against that 
because symbols are directly attached to the unconscious and the subconscious mind. So it is about creating the wisdom of awareness so that the eyes can filter and understand what they see. I believe that some people go into the unknown to speak into realms that many may not like. And I believe that the sister that I have here today represents someone who wants to be and is a representative of not only black media, but the spiritual paths of the untold stories. And when you understand these stories, you're going to be able to interpret the divine logos that you see all around us that has been stolen by brands, but they came from you. The devil is your greatest fan. He just made you forget that you're the greatest player. How you doing, Sister Vicky Dillard? Profound after that. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm doing very well from the 19 Keys. So pleased to be with you. Absolutely. Likewise. <laughs> Thank you. I want to start, and I like to start in the middle of the story because we can always go back. Mm -hmm. And I want to know about Channeling from the divine source. Mm -hmm. When we have moments of high inspire, we spiral, but we don't spiral out of control. Mm -hmm. That's inspiration, mm -hmm. right? Many people spiral out of control mm -hmm. because they don't have something anchoring them to a point. Mm -hmm. And many of us are spiraling out of control because we don't know where all this energy is going. We mm -hmm. don't know where our passion is leading us. We feel like there is no end. Mm -hmm. But when you can point that, mm -hmm. whether that is to inspire someone in front of us, mm -hmm. to ignite that in front of to for them or for the future to be brought out, then that inspiration can constantly come to you and you allow it to overtake you. I see you get inspired all the time and you're mm -hmm. very passionate. <laughs> yes. Right? You make people love you and you make people hate you. Yes, right? And you make no apologies. Absolutely. Like Socrates. <laughs> for who likes it, loves it, or hates right. it. And I believe that in this time, day, and age, we got this thing where we create these connections and we counsel people before giving them the mm -hmm. opportunities. And I believe that if truth is never given a platform or if disagreement isn't given mm -hmm. a platform, then we can't get to truth. Yes, sir. So can you tell me what inspires you when you are going in your passionate inspirations of divine channeling? I know that I'm more than what meets the eye. Mm. And I know that as an interdimensional being who's contracted for a particular time, this time-space continuum for such a time as this, I understand that, that I'm accountable to and have a work from an unseen government. There's an army you can see. There's an army you can't mm -hmm. see. There's a government you can see. There's a government you can't see. So when you have a true holistic perspective from, we can call it the ethers or the heavens, you don't crater easily to criticism from mere mortals. Mm. And I don't um, deny my mortality, you see, but it's a problem with you just mere mortality because there's more to you than what meets the eye. And so when you understand that everything that you do and say, and I'm specifically talking about my purpose at this point, my particular contract, um, when my mother went into contractions 45 years ago to have Vicky, I just celebrated my 45th birthday on January 2nd. Her contractions were the seal and really the signature to my contract. You see the word mm. contract and contraction. So my work officially began in this plane. So because of my path, my tumultuous path, 
and also my connection to what some would call the supernatural. Um, I'm pretty confident in my work Mm -hmm. and I don't, I'm not easily moved by things that I see. You can't go through multiple hells like I've gone through and be worried about some troll and Mm -hmm. worried about, frankly, some celebrity Mm -hmm. that doesn't know you very well, but has a whole lot to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or the current press secretary who still has me blocked on a couple of her platforms or former The View host that has me blocked or (laughs) activist brother, brother 19 Keys. Uh, or we've heard from MSNBC, for example, called my, uh, my business upset about something I've done. I've had CNN folks in my DMs and I've got all kinds of stuff. And what are they worried about? Well, little Vicky Dillon is talking about. And then I've had multiple spiritual and religious systems, high levels that were pretty upset with me. They don't call me or support me uh, on my dying bed a couple of times. Nobody contacted me then, but they messaged me, called me real quick mm. when it came down to some controversial political thing. And my platform is not as big as maybe some, but I see my message on different platforms. So uh, it's profound. And I know what I'm doing is profound, but it's because uh, of its effect on multiple planes. That's why it shakes people in the way that it does. But it's a reason why um without me having any hookups from behind the scenes that Minister Farrakhan personally sent me uh, a few messages. Mm. Um, It's a reason why I um, connect with certain important and more than a man, somebody like him, um, that says you keep resurrecting your people and some more things I won't say that he said to me. Um, That comes when you know who you are. Mm. And because he's a government man, you feel me? Because he's more than a man, um, he recognized a particular energy, I believe, the spirit, and that speaks volumes. So I'm not easily moved um, by those types of things. And um, I don't know if you want to get into any of this or not, but I have a very tumultuous story. My journey has not been an easy one, but that's a part of my initiation. Mm. And so those things are meant to uh, fortify me. I'll say this quickly. I was a young girl. And uh, grew up in a Baptist church. And in that particular denomination, they didn't really recognize what they call the fivefold ministry as a formerly a prophet or evangelist, except for the pastor part. Um, but this prophetic sister in the church came to my home and um, in the presence of my mother and grandmother in the kitchen table. I was like I said, I was a young girl and she was led to prophesy a text from Jeremiah one. And in that text, the story goes that Jeremiah who was part of a priestly family. Um, it said that the word of the Lord came to him as a child and he told him he had a work to do amongst nations and governments. That's the text that she prophesied over my life in the presence of my matriarch, my mother and grandmother Mm. in the kitchen table. Talk about a high council. And she said that text in Jeremiah said to the divine, I'm too young to speak for you. And the divine says, say not that you're too young. See, I have put my words in your mouth. That's what shakes them. See, people think they can say what I say or oh, so-and-so. That's no. See, I put my words in your mouth. You should say whatever I tell you to say, and you go to whoever I send you to. And he told Jeremiah, you're going to go there. You're going to tear up. You're going to go into demolition, in other words, mm-hmm. break down, overthrow. And guess what the last two things the divine told me he's going to do? Mm. Build and to plant. Mm. So you're going to go in there, tear up some stuff. And you know, how many of you know that there are times 
that before you build, demolition sometimes takes place, mm-hmm. right? And in demolition, messy. You have to clear the way. Come on. Isn't it violent? Mm. Isn't it inconvenient? It requires a lot. It's messy, but it's necessary before building. That's the work I do politically, socially, spiritually, before I laid the foundation of building and planting. And he told Jeremiah this last part in the text that the whole city is going to come against you, the whole nation, the priests, the religious community, the regular folks, everybody. But he told him, he said, don't you be distraught and don't you shake before them. In other words, I'll withdraw my spirit from you if you shake because I'm going to be with you to deliver you. That was the word I got as a young girl. So um, that was a prophetic word. And that's the trajectory I've been on ever since. So that informs my work here. <laughs> mm. That I think that sheds a lot of light and brings a lot of context to, I believe, number one, uh, the resilience. Mm. Many people start things but don't finish them. You know, and the value of starting something is to see it through, mm. not to quit in the middle. Yes. Right. I want to, we're going to get to your story for sure, because it has to be told and to illuminate context to, you know, who you are. Mm -hmm. But I want to get into, you know, this conversation that I believe is necessary. There's been many women in my life that I have learned from. Mm -hmm. Um, There was Shaharzad Ali when I wanted to know and I was seeking knowledge to have a level of awareness, empathy, and understanding about my parents' relationship. Mm-hmm. And they were going through, you know, a rough time that ended in a divorce. And I've seen many things in the house and I heard many things said. And I picked up her book. I can't remember exactly how I found it, mm-hmm. why I found it, but it came to me and it gave me wisdom and insight on who my parents were as human beings Mm. right so i stepped out of viewing them as father son mother son and i looked at their relationship to their own past their world Mm. society and why they must do the things that they do sure and what it allowed me to do was i think to process Mm. their relationship to themselves to their past and their relationship to each other so that their divorce never hit me hard mm-hmm. because I had already come to terms with why things were the way they were. Sure. I had no more questions. Mm-hmm. And another woman who impacted me a lot was Mother Tarnetta. Mm-hmm. Mother Tarnetta mm-hmm. is like, she's, she oh. has... I believe number one, one of the greatest voices I've ever heard. Absolutely. It's one of those voices. It's just like, it's like you washing over someone. Mm. And it's not like you're teaching in the, in the midst of sometimes like speaking and teaching can be like, I'm pushing something in you. Hers is like, she's pouring. Yes. Right. And it's a, it's, it's, it's waves of, you know, just wisdom coming into you. And I love the way that she looks. And I think she, um, represents because she's always in this you know or she was rather always in white indeed and 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 always in the the beautiful fabrics but she represents this real divine feminine your perspective and intellect and i always thought that the world has been missing that from this very soft poise Mm -hmm. but matter of fact yes yeah i mean cadence um and then there's Queen Afour. Mm. You know, Queen Afour mm-hmm. is a living representation of, you know, mother consciousness. Yes. Right? Because I believe that 
you know, and I told her this, we have a world that has been under-mothered, mm. right? Mm. Um, and we have many women in the house. That's not the problem. Mm. We know that, that the problem is men being mm. out of the house. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so it's not the fact that they don't have mothers. Either they're under-mothered, meaning that the mother is not giving them the nurturing that is required in the way it's required, or they're over-mothered, mm. where they're giving too much nurturing and they can't do for self, mm. and they need to be constantly connected mm. to the mother to do for them. Mm. And it leaves young men and women without the resolve to go out in the world sure. and make manifest. Yes. I want to know before we get into the spirituals, you know, your background with, I believe, your own mother, number one, and how that defines you as a woman. Mm. My mother, um, when I would uh, say and do, and when my particular bend would manifest, I say bend because there's a text that says train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. That text really means train up a child in the way that their natural bend is. So you pay attention to what you see and you flow with what you see your child's manifest. She did that precisely. She um, is more soft-spoken. Um, she's not someone that, you know, I brought that up because when I would say something to do something, she was like, you didn't get that from me. <laughs> she would always say that at different times. You didn't get that from me. And it's so true. Um, I didn't. But the biggest um, thing that my mother, um, there's uh, three girls and two boys. So she was extraordinarily nurturing. But that's the biggest thing I would say, Brother 19 Keys, that I think made my mother stand out is that, um, it's nothing high sounding that I would point to one particular mm. thing. Um, it's the simple things that she did. And so whatever she saw, my brother is a master barber. Um, he's an author. He's some other stuff. One of my eldest brothers, um, uh, one of my other brothers, um, among many other things, he's a musician. Uh, one of my other sisters does her things. But these are things that she saw in us um, when we were young and she just nurtured what stood out to her. I think that would be the biggest thing that she did. And one example I'll give you is that um, I was um, writing a movie in, in in elementary school called Alpha Drugs. I don't know why in the world I was writing a movie. Called, <laughs> I was trying to help the community by talking about Alpha Drugs, and that was the name of my movie. And so Mother said, um, she would bring me, I don't know if you remember back in the day, uh, the computer paper, the the green and white computer paper with the perforated edges and holes on the side. So from work, she would bring me leftover computer paper for me to write my movie. Mm -hmm. Then, as I began to write the movie, she said, I think you should write the mayor and tell the mayor about your, your movie. I'm, I'm, what, 19? I said, okay. I wrote the mayor. Yeah. In a city in Meridian, in Mississippi. Uh, at the time, it was Mayor Jimmy Kipp. He wrote me back congratulating me on my movie. I bring that up because... That's a little bit of insight of the profundity of Mother Dillard. Mm. That it was seated in me as a child in elementary school that my movie deserved the attention of my local government. Mm. You understand? Mm. And so this is how she always was. And I think the biggest thing is that, you know how people love to talk about perfection and she wasn't a perfect mother. She wasn't. Look, she was perfection mm. in all of her imperfections. She loved us, and she was very intuitive in how she reared us. 
And that constancy of motherhood um, is quite extraordinary. So from the time I was a young girl to my adulthood, she always has supported um, me in the work that um, I've done. And so I just use that particular example. So I had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful relationship with my mother. So um, my mother and father were initially together when I was very, very, very young. And then they ended up uh, separating. So we moved to another city. Um, in Mississippi, which we ended up all moving in, all of us kids and mom, with my maternal grandparents. So for the most part, I was raised uh, by my maternal grandparents and my mother mm. and all of us siblings in one household. And I heard you mention about the book earlier about missing some of the el- uh, the wisdom of the elders. I would always say in some of my siblings, um, I think the beauty of us being raised by my mother and grandparents is that I always say we got something different and extra. Mm. By being in that particular environment. Yeah. Absolutely, especially in Mississippi. And so, um, and I think that is what makes us a little I, different. I call it that rocking chair wisdom. I've talked about it a few times. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, yes, there's a spirit, there's an yeah. energy transfer too that you get. Um, we, that's get a, that, we get that Coca-Cola wisdom from these new ones. Yes, yes. And there was a balance and even the relationship and dynamic they had with my mom, you see. So I got to see them still especially my grandmother, how she would kind of jump in with mom was mother, and you mm-hmm. understand. And at the same time, seeing how those relationships were resolved and how my mom responded. And then when mom wasn't there, how they um, got in. And it's interesting because um, this is more than what I can say, but I don't think I would want to be raised any other way than no, them in our household. No, not to cut your wisdom, but I think it's powerful. Um, and, and, and that's the reason that I ask. We, Information is passed down naturally through our DNA, but your ability to interpret mm. what you inherited is different. Yes. And so when you have elders that can say, hey, this is what you got. Yes. This is what's in you. Right. And you may make mistakes and do things or find difficulties. And they say, let me tell you a story. Yes. And that story represents something in your DNA that you may struggle with mm. not knowing and it represents who you are mm. and the aspects of self. Mm. So that's why I think elders are so monumentally important, but the reverence for elders has just been lost. Mm-hmm. And we have to get back to that chain yes. and that protocol so that we can have, you know, um, higher spiritual on purpose children yes, that sir. are not in the world. Like there was never a point in time, like before there were colleges, people didn't go to college to look for purpose. Yes, yes. So well said. You you had family, and because of your family, you knew your purpose That's so because good. they told you the stories of who you are That's good. through the stories of who your ancestors were. That's good, right? And so you had a certain command over yourself, mm-hmm. and you weren't lost because hey. My father did what? He worked on the railroads or he could have been a scientist or a chemist or whatever or owned a tailor shop. Yes. And you may know, oh, I have an affinity for style. Yes. Right? And it's like, yeah, because that's the cloth you cut from. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Every time I wear my crown, I feel recognized. Not recognized like a celebrity. I feel recognized like you know who I am. And you know what this means. And it can't be taken for nothing other than what it really is. It represents my position in this world. It represents I know who I am. And you do too. When I wear my crown, I feel like a general. I feel like a god. I feel like I'm winning the war every single day. Crown is empowering. It lets me know 
that I am in connection with self and unless you know not to play with me because I'm not one of them. I am him. But to go even deeper and to thread this into time, you know, um, we was having a conversation before this and you were or you brought something that I've never heard of, you know, and number one is the word Sybils. Mm -hmm. And I think about the way I look at reality. There are not that many interesting people that stick out in the world. Mm -hmm. There are not that many people that make uh, waves. Mm -hmm. Most people go along with. with sure. Then there are some people that, whoa, I'm going this way. Mm -hmm. or some people that say they push people out their way or they create disruption. And those are people that are, I believe, so connected to who they are that the world can't rule. Mm -hmm. The world may say, everybody go left. And they're like, bro, I don't want to go left. I'm about to go up. Indeed. I'm not even going right. I'm going up. Come on. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> or you like, Harris, I'm going underground. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And those people we remember because what the human story is, is that we are all interconnected through all of those stories. Yes. If you had every human being that ever lived, right and we put that into one human would that be a good or bad person mm. how could we even judge right that, that would just be a human that's right right and but we don't look at it that way we personalize everything mm. but when you start talking about the symbols you start talking symbols you start talking about the women who were able to foretell futures mm -hmm. women who had this massive power and this civilization that yes. was great yes and i think about because we don't have that representation of the honoring of women who have the wisdom and the intuition to foretell because we talk about the wisdom of the woman through intuition but we never truly appreciate our power to foretell and you can't tell me that your mother Ain't foretell Come on something now. that you did wrong Come before on. you did it. Come on. And the, the grandmother knew it before the mother was going to know. Come on now. You know what I mean? Come on. Sometimes they know it before you was born. Oh, you well, know, you, that child you got in that mm. stomach? Yeah, it's one of them what? How you know that? But we have a, especially black people, we have a deep-seated belief in knowing that that is very real. It's Come not on. spooky. Come on. It's a matter of fact. A matter the of elders fact. had the foretelling power. Mm -hmm. And you may not have listened but it was so. Absolutely. So can you, how did you even arrive to study it? And what is it, the Sybils and their connection to time? Yes. Well, this is so delicious. And thank you so much for the privilege of discussing this. The Sybils, um, after, uh, I was reading a book. In fact, have it here in my lap. This talk, The Sybils, The First Prophetesses of Mamiwata. Mamiwata uh, is really an honorific name that was that the divine was known by because for many, many um thousands of centuries um it was it, many many centuries thousands of years um the known world always really referred to the divine the creator about uh, by uh, the feminine um an understanding and so mammy wata is really a term that has to do with really really any ancient um black goddess as it were but a particularly one of the water um, but it could exceed that. So it was really a general honorific Mammy Wata. But Mammy Wata Sibyls were these particular uh, black prophetesses, high priestesses, practitioners um, that had temples um, throughout much of the known world. And these women 
were diviners, they were sorceresses. Um, what made them so profound was their divine spiritual rituals, their royal bloodlines where they carried the codes. And because of their divine lineage, this is what caused them to have the right to rule. Mm. These women were known throughout the known world and ruled by their divine guidance for thousands and thousands of years before we saw uh, much of the patriarchal takeover, um, and which was an intentional persecution of these women, which some of them subsequently prophesied their doom mm. and even prophesied to some that they would steal their oracles and their prophecies and put them in a book. Mm. And they were responsible for uh, taking them out. And indeed, that was absolutely accurate. Um, to be honest, I don't even remember how I came across what brought you. Yes. <laughs> to be honest, when I first that's, heard that's how the happened. term, it, yes. It comes to you a lot of times. You know what? But before you finish, there's something you said that sparked the thought. When something happens to a people and it's the ending and they know that they are carly doomed, mm-hmm. right? Like this is going to be my demise. Mm. But there's something so prophetic about people that know when the end is to come. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about, let's say, a Tupac, mm-hmm. right? He knew that he didn't have much to live, but he was prophetic in what was going to happen after. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you know, Shaka Zulu. Shaka Zulu knew mm-hmm. that y'all gonna kill come me, on. but y'all gotta deal with these people after me. Come on. And they way worse and they go conquer y'all and that's a new age. Come on. And it has me thinking that, you know, it was what you were really seeing with them is that they knew that they were a portal for a new beginning. Yes. The same way if we know a child is born Mm -hmm. of two parents that are great, Mm -hmm. right? They're creating a great child. This is a new beginning, right? Or if you are royalty and they have a child and you say, okay, this is the heir to the throne. Mm -hmm. That birth represents a new beginning, but in that same way, death does. Come on, come on. Because when certain people who house energy Right. They 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 house certain energy in the world that they are the stores of that energy and the protecting of that energy. And they keep certain doorways closed. And yes. then without them, something new happens. Yeah. Cause and effect and a ripple. So when I hear you say that about the women prophesizing, it, it always gets me to understanding that. We may look at things as doom and gloom, but not understanding that these are processes that have to happen during our time on this planet Earth. Yes. So it gets to a point where these things will never happen because they already occurred and the wisdom of the bloodline will not allow the next generation to go through the same thing because now they know. Yes. And these women, everything that you just said was so profound and absolutely accurate. One of the things they're most known for is the fact that um, the Vatican actually stole what's known as the sacerdotal seat Mm. um, of these particular black prophetesses. And so for so many years, um, it was believed that particularly a black woman was just sort of secondary or ancillary to um, the happenings of the world. Mm -hmm. But who would know that they were the actual dominant force for much of the rule of the world? But the thing that the author, Mama Zogbe, who's passed not too long ago, may she rest in power, said, was that the rule of these matriarchal women um, was not in a white feminist manner. Mm. She discusses the fact that the way they ruled was about the natural order of things. As a divine feminine, you know, we carry the codes, the bloodline, mm-hmm. you understand, move from womb to womb. And so for me, it's not just about physical manifestation of human beings and the ability to create, um, but also 
the bloodline has a vibration connected um, to what's being passed down, which is spiritual, which is unseen. And these messages, these codes, these powers um, that are in seed form um, is what made these women stand out. So military leaders, governmental leaders came to them for their wisdom. Um, nations and governments tied to them. And so they were so profound, obviously, that the Vatican, amongst other mm. spiritual religious systems, stole these women's ancient sacred rites and writings. Um, they were also in the middle of some of the wars between the Vatican and the Levitical Jews at that particular time. So the mm. Levitical Jews uh, were warring with the uh, what we call now the Catholic Church. And so one of the things that gave them authorities were not only the, these women's rituals, but also um, their oracles. And so their scrolls were stolen and taken, bound up and made into what's known as these civil oracles, to which much of what we call the Bible mm. and other texts are made up. And so one of the examples, for example, some of us were raised dealing with the apocalyptic end times in the book of Revelation. Uh, we talk about the seven churches, which is very familiar to many folks in Christendom. Um, but those seven churches are actually weren't seven churches. They were the temples that belonged to these prophetesses who were persecuted and their identity and their prophecies were stolen as is much of some of the sacred texts. There's no major religion, zero, not one, um, that doesn't have direct connection to the influence and the impact of these women. It is impossible, impossible to even overstate their impact. And I just want, if I could, to read um, yes, you, the etymology. Guess. Thank you. Of Can the you word. name the book again? Absolutely. Yes, sir. It's called The Sibyls, The First Prophetesses of Mammy Wata. Okay. So that's the actual name of the book written by Mama Zogbe. Well, the etymology of the word Vatican means divining serpent, derived from vatis, which means diviner, and can, the word Vatican, the word can, the second part of the word, means serpent. Vatican City and St. Peter's Basilica were built on the ancient pagan site called in Latin Vaticanus Mons or Vaticanus Coeli, which means hill or mountain of prophecy. It goes further in breaking down Vatic, which is connected to the word Vatis, and Vats, a seer, a prophet, soothsayer, diviner, divination. Soothsayer means to act covertly to use hidden arts, magic to practice sorceries, mysteries, Diviner means witchcraft, tells fortunes, bewitched to consult the spirit of the dead, to practice magic. These were terms in text that as you go through the book, you find that the actual physical geographical location upon which the Vatican is situated actually was the prophetic geographical site uh, at which these women prophesied and which their throne is seated. So when you look at the word also uh, Vatican and another word that the Vatican is known by, St. Peter's Basilica, that city, which is a city-state, also um, the smallest nation, but its own sovereign nation, mm -hmm. um, is uh, the Holy See. S-E-E is also known by the Holy See, that term. When you look at the word see, is where we get the word seat, their throne. Mm -hmm. And so this is where these women ruled, and some believe that some of the catacombs that are buried under there are actually very likely um, some of their ancient bones and yeah. and so forth. So um, so some of the rituals and the sacred rites, and some even would speculate their ability to cast out demons and, and, and engage in some of these sacred rituals. And again, not just them, but because the Vatican is so ubiquitous, you understand it. Um, but even, um, the, uh, the Jewish, um, sect, of course, Christianity is an offshoot of that. 
um, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, all of them can trace their connections to the rites and rituals of these women that rule uh, for thousands of years. And when they rule, Brother 19 Keys, and this is what we have to look at before we get off into concerns about these notions and fights of patriarchy and matriarchy and mm-hmm. a woman ruling, is that every civilization in society reached its peak in philosophy and science and mathematics mm. <laughs> and religion. You know, you can say what you want, but when you look at the results, you understand um, it, it was that. And so I, I teach in my spiritual school, my students, that the universe is our university. Yes. And so we learn from the universe. And if the order of the universe is the wisdom that the woman brings life and she's entrusted to do that, then it shouldn't, it, we shouldn't think it's strange that they actually, by their guidance and wisdom, had the ability to rule the world. So when you brought up uh, uh, Big Mama mm-hmm. and, and your mama being able to foresee and tell in, mm-hmm. in your home, you understand? Uh, they were able to do that there yeah. in the villages to where they were first committed, but also in what we would call what our states yeah. and in our nations. It should be far from us to believe yeah. that that same wisdom uh, would not be, which is why it's often dismissed, you understand, that that mothering wisdom, because we've, we've shined this thing up real good. When you, when you say that you are part of a nation, uh, especially a developed nation, a first world country. I always wonder who came up with that first world country, third world. And we never hear about the second world, do we? <laughs> who came up with these metrics? Like no <laughs> yes. Who came up with these metrics? But these were the women that were able to do those things. And so sometimes, brother, 19 Keys, uh, not only did they give wisdom to villages, and I'm just going to use our terms like states and, and larger uh, geographical uh, um, delineations uh, but when there were problems in the societies there was a plague that broke out they would come to these women and then they would tap into the spirit and give them the necessary rituals to make perpetuation excuse me and to engage in the proper rights ancestral rights as well they would give them in order to balance that out you understand and to manifest my art the order of the cosmos Mm -hmm. that was their wisdom you understand and so this is the reason even their symbolisms. Soldiers wouldn't even go to war with some of the, the uh, in the book shows pictures of this. Um, some of their armor had their pictures on it for good luck. Some of the businesses would put that on the outside of their business to bring in fortune. Like I said, military leaders and governmental leaders would come to them for wisdom, for major decisions. Their wisdom was recognized by conquerors and people that we revere today. Um, so if it was, if it's good, Big Mama could tell you, well, don't, don't, when you go to school today, yeah. you make sure X, Y, and Z, or now they just got a hunch about something. Uh, that was good for governments. That was good. Yeah. That wisdom was because good. Because it wasn't based on information. Come on. You know, it's a it's a universal um, calculation, mm. right? It's being able to interpret the unseen and unknown mm. and add that in what you do know, allow yourself to be a vessel for a truth. Which is the difference, and if I can say this, one of the major differences between uh, the feminine, mm. the feminine, yes, mm-hmm. the word nine and feminine. Mm-hmm. And so when you go looking at regular definitions, please don't miss your point, lose your point. It's difficult when they try to tell you, well, what is a feminine then? What's a male, the difference between men and women? It's still so many similarities. But for me, the thing that's most prominent 
is that nine and our ability to birth, to manifest, to bring forth. But not just human beings, you understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this whole notion of birthing uh, is pretty profound because even the word mother comes from the word uh, mater, M-A-T-E-R, which is where we get the word material and matter from. Mm. So this is important because that feminine for us is always magic over logic. Mm. For the feminine, it's not just about logic or head knowledge, which the masculine is supposed to predominantly. That's not unusual, you see, Mm -hmm. for the masculine. We need that in the masculine. But women are meant to manifest differently than men. Mm -hmm. So we embody, you see, the information. We become it. Mm-hmm. In other words, just like we can birth and make the thing, create the thing, put material on the thing. So when we are emotional, which is important, which is supreme, which is information, when it's properly aligned, you see, mm-hmm. that's important because we know inf- emotion, energy, in motion. That's important that we feel, that we become, that we express, we can be, you know, both wild and classy. You understand? We have to have both of that because we have to embody the thing. I have to be the thing, which is why I'm at my peak as a divine feminine. Not only when I can cry, not only when I can emote in traditional ways, but also when I can dance. Mm -hmm. Also when I can say unintelligible words. Mm. You understand? When I'm doing my broadcast, social media, when I can bam my gavel, yeah. <laughs> you understand? When I can intentionally, not properly, do my subject-verb agreements. Sometimes I know I'm mispronouncing it, yeah. but there's an in, a more profound energy when I quote-unquote say it wrong, but you can hear it right. Mm. You understand? But that's why tr- spirit trusts me and rocks with me, mm-hmm. because spirit knows I will look silly and make a lot of enemies. But I'm effective in my work, in my agreement, in what I do. So it hits differently. But we love the pediatrician, not because he's got all the degrees that any other doctor has, right? Hmm. But the pediatrician that can speak the child's language, mm-hmm. that can go in there and be silly, right? Play with the toy and heal the child. The child don't even know they received the shot, mm. right? Because they've got them so immersed and they understand the language of the child to remove the fear or they distract long enough. You're not a profound pediatrician because you're talking, coming in and talking like you're talking to a 40-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. If you can come be silly, you look weird. And heal, that's your job is to get the medicine in. And so when we can see that as our job and not mind how mere mortals see us, you understand? That's when that other world will rock with you in a more profound in real way. I hope that makes sense. No, it, it made perfect articulate sense. No, nah, look, this right here, crazy. Disclaimer, don't take this if you don't want to have a super day. I think it got way too much of each ingredient in here, especially the lion's mane and the black sea oil and the MCT oil and the cabinoids. This had me up all night and I was just knocking out everything. Got to the point, I ain't even got nothing to do tomorrow. If if you want to like spread out your week in a week, don't take this. If you want to knock out a week in a day, 
This right here have you going. This is like Viagra for the brain. You ever wake up and you got limp brain, you feel mentally dry and you don't feel inspired and you ain't got what is required for you to go climb that tower of the day and knock everything down. Don't take this because this had you pound for pound ready to go Mike Tyson rounds. You know what I'm talking about? This super mind right here is the best thing that I've ever had in my life. But I think it may be too much for the average person. Well, maybe we need to put a disclaimer that this is extreme because this right here, man, I can do. I feel like I can do anything literally anything yeah this too much this too much it's too much come on what else we got to get done man send me the whole agenda let's do everything today we shooting for 24 hours today i ain't stopping and y'all think i'm playing y'all better take some as well matter of fact here you go yeah you take some because i'm working non-stop ain't no cut let's go When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. to the point that I had at first and it was a thought about when great men are chosen great women are chosen to accompany them and you can put that in whichever order you would like to right think about the great men that we know great women right that we know that accompanied them come on the man was chosen by God and so was the woman yes right it's why Jonathan Major is so obsessed with Coretta Scott. That boy played Kane one time. Coach got the thing. No, but seriously. <laughs> I'm about to get my Mississippi laugh. I'm about to get my Mississippi laugh. Bless his heart. <laughs> but, it's, but it's true, Coretta, it Coretta mm-hmm. was just as great as Martin. Well said. You know, um, <laughs> Sh- uh, Betty Shabazz was just as great mm. as Malcolm X. And I think that that's, t- I've always had this thought that that's r- the missing seed. Yes. Right? It's like, how can you recognize the man mm-hmm. and not the woman mm-hmm. at the same time? Yes, sir. And those men all had women. Yes. And so God couldn't choose this man to go on that mission unless mm-hmm. he gave him the perfect partner mm-hmm. for that mission. Yes. And so that's when I say these two souls meet up. Yes. Then the mission is able to be accomplished. Mm-hmm. So you can't say, okay, well, he was a speaker, but she did all the other things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't know which ideas that she gave him mm-hmm. or told him. Yes. Was it, wasn't it that uh, somebody <laughs> told me there was a woman in this life that told him 
he told somebody the dream story mm. and they told him before he went up there to go speak, tell the people the story. Wow. Tell the people about the dream. Wow. And they said that that wasn't the speech that he had prepared. Mm. You guys. Well, I did hear that because that wasn't the speech he had prepared, but yeah. I wasn't sure who I, encouraged I, I him. I thought it was his mother, but I could be, I'm not sure. You know, I know <laughs> all of the scholars of factual got something yeah. to say. But I also wanted to say this. High-level conversations is about ciphering. Mm -hmm. It's about building. Mm -hmm. The world does. The world has the same conversation recycled over and over mm -hmm. and over, adding nothing new to the atmosphere. Yes. And this is the problem because the atmosphere is sick, mm -hmm. right? And so sometimes we have to take things out, and we know that in media there's too much of some things that mm -hmm. we don't need and sure. not enough of others sure. that we do. sure. Right. And that's why I have these conversations, because it is to spark thought. It's to mm -hmm. spark heart. It's to spark ideas. Yes. It's to um, envision the past in a way that makes sense to us in the mm -hmm. present, mm -hmm. because we have a, a knowing about magic, yeah. knowing about our minds, knowing about who we are. But we don't have details mm. and details can kind of leave a person languishing mm. in this anger of being upset about being robbed of that knowing. Because mm. we know that because we don't know that represents somebody in my ancestor line was killed mm. where they were supposed to pass that down. Mm. Somebody had a mental illness or they was disrupted. Mm. Our ignorance represents the, the death and destruction of our ancestors mm. that weren't able to pass that down. Not that they didn't have the mm -hmm. heart to. Somewhere along that chain, it was disrupted. And so this is now, mm -hmm. right? That new broadcast where, you know, I have conversations with many people of different religious and spiritual order in the background. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing about agreement is like coming to terms with something, mm -hmm. right? But I believe that we have to even go beyond agreement. Mm -hmm. And we have to have, I think empathy is higher than agreement in mm. these situations. Sure. Because we don't empathize with each other in everyone's perspective. Right. And the universe is vast. Come on. So there is enough room for more than one truth. Yes. The sun represents the truth. Yeah. Right? But how many stars are in the universe? Right. Right. So for me, that lets me know that there are infinite parallel truths. Yes. Right. It's just that some truths occupy certain universes. Right. Right. And the other truth occupied that one. And so when I'm having these conversations, I'm tapping into those different universes. Yes. Right. I want to know about the origins of your truth. I want to mm. know about the context of your thought process that builds up your ideas. Mm. And I believe that in all of it, we know that things come from one source. Mm. So whether you can detail the exact name it's, of that source, as you may think you have, but we know that there is but one source, mm -hmm. right? And we know that all things have to come from that. And when we square it down, all of us believe that. Mm. It's just the way that we color our canvas may be mm. different than some other one because everybody has different artistic expression. Mm. Number one, when you be spitting... And you be speaking, I look at it as a necessity, mm. right? Because it's quiet without that. Mm. People might not like it, mm. right? Um, I know some people that you made upset. Is <laughs> that <laughs> so it again? I know some of the people that you made, made, made upset. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, but the reason I wanted to have you on this show, because it's not my job to counsel you. 
Yes, sir. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's my job to exalt voices so we can have conversations because we used to do that with family members. We yes. call that was the black sheep and we say, no, we ain't talking to that nigga. Yes, you yes. You feel me? And it's like, no. I was always taught everybody has some wisdom, yes. some more than others. Yes. And you have a lot of it. Yes. Right? Yes, and you have a story that you've been through that I think is even more important mm -hmm. than if there's, in this doesn't particularly pertain to just you. It pertains to me. It pertains to everybody because of this counseling world. If there is no program or process where a person can get back into good graces, hmm. and I mean that we counsel people all the damn time. Yeah. There's, <laughs> right. there's no reconciliation right, right, process. Right. Does a person become guilty and right, then does right. that mark them gone forever? Right, right. Does the person do something wrong? What is the process of reconciliation? How do we get back mm. to say, okay, I've done my wrong. See, and mm. this is why people like religion, because mm -hmm. religion gives you that outlet. Right. Religion say confess your sins. Religion say do your duals. Do religion say, you know, go do good deeds, go feed the poor. Yeah. Society says that no, you did. Right, right. Right. And right. so what is the religion of society? Right. That's the well way said. I look at it. Media has its own religion, and it is just to cast people out. Yes. And it's evil because the people doing the casting probably have done worse yes. than the people that they're casting out. Mm. And because it hasn't come to the light, we get to act like our shit don't stay. Right, right. right. Um, And I say that because I want to go into your story as well. Yes. Right? Yes. You've been to prison. Yes, I have. Would you mind sharing your story? Yes. Well, not not at all. Not at all. Um. Being um, raised the way that I told you I was um, in, by my, my mother and grandparents, um, they lived the life, an upright, very ethical, spiritual and religious life, like for real, for real, behind closed doors. Mm. Um, and again, I say all the time, we, you know, people like to use that term perfection and people love to say, you know, I'm not perfect. What is perfect? So we had our issues with them. But I, as a 45 year young woman today, I felt. The wisdom that I gained, the environment I was in was absolutely perfect mm. for who I've become right. in my path, you understand. So to have, uh, you know, one of five siblings be, uh, have been in prison when you're in a family that doesn't drink, don't smoke, don't cuss, don't, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that was like un absolutely unbelievable. And Vicky was someone that crossed her T's and dot her I's and um, was... Growing up, probably more upright than the other siblings, yeah. you understand. That's how I lived as a child. I mean, that's just who I was. So a part of that story, uh, it was interconnected um, during the um, Great Recession, 2007, 2008. That was what it was connected to. Um, and I was doing a lot of activist work, um, a lot of um, work in the courts, actually. I sued some judges, um, mm. uh, sued some powerful people in Wall Street and some other entities in our local cities without an attorney while I was losing everything, getting ready to go through divorce, lost, lost a lot of my properties that me and my former spouse at the time had collectively. We purchased properties and so forth at the time. We weren't real estate agents or, or brokers or professionals, but we purchased properties, um, found out a lot of stuff behind the scenes that was going on, was holding a lot of people accountable. Um, and Ended up, um, I'm trying to find the best way um, to say this without getting into mm. too many uh, details. Made a lot of enemies because I started holding a lot of people accountable for a lot of things in court. And because I didn't have a lot of money at the time, was losing everything after having successful business. Um, 
I ended up having to do a lot of this work myself in court. So what's known as pro se when you represent uh, yourself. And these were mm-hmm. civil cases. So I was doing work in federal court, state court, and local court. And there were different issues. Yeah. And a lot of which I didn't have time to research or study and no professionals and no one trained to help me. So when I went to certain lawyers that I didn't have the retainer money for and others that felt that I had a strong enough case, but they didn't want to touch certain judges because they told me I can't do this against them because I've got to stand before them on another case or I know so-and-so, so-and-so, so I'm not about to do that. I said, okay, so because I can't buy justice and because you're homeless with them means I can't get justice. Mm. No, I'll do this myself. So that opened up major doors for me to be targeted. Um, And a lot of, uh, just say, fake information that was presented in a particular court case that was meant to be thrown out by the original prosecutor that was on the case, but Mm. pushed forward after he passed away in a skiing accident. Somebody else was put on it and a lot of uh, stuff that took place. Uh, the case was an unjust case. I'll put it that way. Took it all the way to trial, two week trial, 50 some odd witnesses, 50 some thousand pages in discovery, uh, much of which I still don't have today. The court denied and refused to give me the initial documents to show why they brought the charge in the first place and to this day suppress much of the discovery. That process of looking at 20 years in federal prison um, and trying to present evidence and merits of the case that would be favorable to me and seeing the systems of justice that you tell me that I'm supposed to go to to get justice and all you need to do is say this or do this and this would matter but instead even my public defender boss said to me after the trial of 16 counts of guilty um, said to me that if I were to go to the judge after the fact and tell her what my attorney signed saying that I agreed to X number of facts concerning half of the charges that was read before the jurors, that the judge would look at me and say, this girl just doesn't get it and throw the book at me. That was his words verbatim. And her doing exactly that, he was later promoted to judge because he was one of the bosses in the public defender's office. After having the judge deny and simply ignore your petition prior to my sentencing, um some of the facts that was presented and what took place where she should have been compelled to hold a hearing at that time. The documentation, the witnesses, so, so much. Mm-hmm. We, we couldn't get into it all. Yeah, you don't have to get into the whole That thing. story, what it does, because it was a c- couple of years process before we went to trial, almost a year before, after the guilty, that I went for sentencing. Because they kept making up figures in line and we kept catching them in it. So it kept delaying the sentencing hearing. And then coming out of, uh, uh, as I told you before, I was going through a divorce, losing all of my multiple properties, going through foreclosure on all of them, mm. bankruptcy, at the time death in the family, folks getting car accidents. It was just the craziest time. This was happening all mm. at the same time. And then when the judge sentenced me to five years in prison and saying that she was having mercy, and then my only hope was still believing that somehow on appeal, while locked up, surely this is going to free me from this. Um, how spiritual I was, um, it, it ain't had knowledge at that time. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? <laughs> the I come in the volume of the book. So I went through multiple jails and prisons in different cities in Colorado. 
that they took me to. Um, ended up finally after being in my third or fourth uh, city, because I was in multiple counties, um, ultimately flew me on a plane, black box and shackle, me and only one other female and the rest of the plane full of men, um, walking in this plane with my bra off freezing because, you know, you can't have all this stuff on because they're always checking you for stuff and going on. And the plane broke down, so we ended up having to stay overnight in another prison, another federal prison. I think that was Wyoming or something. And then from there, taken to a transfer in Oklahoma, stayed there some weeks, took some time before. I would ultimately get to Texas where I would do all of my sentence. Mm. The circuit court, my case was so profound, they actually agreed to hear the hearing and to hold the hearing. They rarely ever do that. Anybody that know you take Vicky's word for it, do the research yourself. That rarely ever happens to where a circuit court hears your, agrees to hear your appeal and actually hold an official hearing. And so my attorney that was assigned to me by the court, they fired two of my previous attorneys for obvious reasons, ones which I mentioned because of the malfeasance of one of the others. And so instead of the judge properly holding me accountable and giving me the proper trial because the documentation he allowed to be entered into evidence, he signed a document against my will to have the charges that was read before the jurors had entered into evidence. Mm. Brother 19 Keys, <laughs> spirituality, um, soul, full of the spirit, so angry. But the moment I touched ground, in this prison, I was immediately recognized by a spiritual woman. Before I ever opened up my mouth, I did anything you understand. Um, documented, raised the dead while I was there. Documented prayers, got folks released and major ship shaping. Shook up the warden, shook up the prison staff. My issue weren't just, you know, criminal, 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 criminal inmate. It was criminal, criminal, criminal staff. There was a problem because I was so freaking supernatural. And it was supernatural things that took place. Um, that process, some of it was foretold to me by some of my messengers. They just didn't tell me, but you're going to be found guilty. <laughs> that part was... It was so deep. One of my encounters um, before this even happened, was that um, I would be going through a legal situation. They told me what it would involve, two of the people that would be involved in it. And they told me the difficulty of the situation never said I would be found guilty, but they said in the end, I would win. Mm. So, of course, you know, I was okay, you know, going through this process, but still fighting physically, naturally, but doing a lot of deep, deep spiritual stuff. Mm. My spiritual rituals... That's why I teach my students the word ritual is in the word spiritual. Yes, ritual is in the word spiritual. So that should tell you something there. Uh, what gives you a major advantage as a spiritual is the success and consistency of your rituals. In fact, it was some point I was, I was tapping in. Mm -hmm. My regular meditations were three hours. I was doing all night prayers once a month. Invite folks to come over. I was doing a Thursday noonday thing, a monthly Saturday. It was outrageous. And then... I was manifesting these messengers. And then I went into certain trances. And high-level information, classified information from these spiritual councils 
That's, that's real for me. And because of the intensity and the energies I was dealing with on multiple levels, because I was doing a lot of activist work at the time by myself mostly. So I was interfacing with high-level energies and found some information out that I wasn't supposed to know before they actually manifested in real time that was coming to me. And these things happen because of my connection to the supernatural. And it is my firm belief, which is why I teach my spiritual course separate. So what you get from me in the Biggie Dillard Mystery School, my new monthly mastermind school, is different than the Biggie Dillard you see on the Biggie Dillard mm-hmm. show. You understand that requires something slightly different in that particular environment, but it's directly connected to the work that we see here um, on earth. And so because everything you see came from everything you can't see, mm-hmm. of course, our ancient mystics and philosophers knew this, but people feel good about it now because the metaphysicists now and the scientists now prove what we've always known, that everything you see came from everything you can't see. The magic is and if I talk to some of my Christians, because I pull magic, I only use the Bible as a book of magic. But let's just use the Sunday school version of Matthew chapter 6 when it talked about Jesus saying, when you go into your prayer room, he said, and I'm done after this, shut the door behind you. And the God who is in secret will reward you openly. Mm. So when you pray, that was his instructions. He was telling them what they need to do when they fast about keeping the secret, telling them what they need to do when they give their offerings to keep certain things about that secret. And then when they prayed, he was giving protocol for prayer. So when you pray, go into your prayer closet, shut the door behind you. And the God who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Mm. I live that. That's the occult. You understand? So. When you're going through stuff like that, you ain't trying to impress nobody. Because, see, all the religious people fled from me at that moment, you understand. All the spiritual people, she must have did something. I mean, I don't, you understand. And the high-level activists and all them other folks around there, well, you know what they want? Trying to talk me into doing a plea agreement, you understand. Or, famous politician here. She won her election. I gave to her. And at the time, I had a show brought her on. A particular person's spouse said, I can make some things happen for you. But you got to sleep with me. Mm. And I was so wet behind the ears with this. So it took me a minute to realize, brother, 19, that's what he was. <laughs> it took me a minute, you know, because he didn't explicitly say it. Yeah. You know, and he knew I was losing everything. So I was very clear up front that I didn't have any. You know, money. So when I realized what he was saying, I said, I can't, I can't, do, I can't. Mm-hmm. I know your wife. I can't. And even if I did, I can't. And you know what he said to me? He said, this is how it's done. Mm. And so if you're looking at 20 years, you found guilty, 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 guilty. Guilty, 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 16 counts. And all of your blatant, legit facts and merits don't matter. And somebody said, I can make a phone call and you know the politician's husband. What are you going to do? It was immediate. No, for me, I had to solely rely on what I could not see. I couldn't rock with the mere mortals 
not in my orbit. You understand? Mm -hmm. And I'm losing every physical and material thing that meant something to me around me. You understand? That is my reality. And so it was through that process that I manifested this Logos, taking off, this, taking off the page, put it on the stage of life. That's, that was me. I had to embody all the stuff that I was teaching, and I had to become it in real time, you understand. From prison to prison, on planes, on this, and transfer centers and different cities, I had to be this thing. And then manifested miracles in the belly of the beast. That's cute. Now get me out of here. <laughs> My mother called me. So-and-so, so-and-so, sent a $1,000. That means everything to somebody in prison. Okay, that's great spirit. Get me out of here. Let me manifest a thousand out there. I'm manifesting, literally raising the dead in this place. Literally prayers, getting people five years off their sentence. Get me out of here. That was my initiation. You understand? And I became something different. So, yeah, it's not a lot that's going to move me. Mm -hmm. You understand? By mere mortals, because this was a part of my process. And it was also a part of the engagement of my messengers before, during, and after this, this process. And so if, if everything we see came from everything we can't see, when you pray, remember, go into your prayer closet, shut the door behind you, and the guy who sees you in secret words you openly. Mm. That means if you put an emphasis on the spiritual, the unseen, you have greater agency, right, and over your physical 3D. But we don't do the physical 3D first, you see? The spirit works first. You go in secret, shut the door, shut your mouth. So I can't worry about if you think I'm special. I can't worry about if you think I'm powerful. I can't worry about if so-and-so is going to have me on their platform. Mm. I can't worry about how you see me. I can't worry about if I don't go through this door. Are you going to tell me that if I don't do all she got to do and we're going to make? That ain't how I move. I'm connected to another government, you understand? Mm. And so I understand the power in this season comes from the ground up. So I'm good. I will use multiple platforms. I will use the foolishness of my autoimmune illness from a bar, a, 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 a laptop that was janky and ghetto, but was given to me by this African. People making fun of me. I'm unrecognizable. My face so fat, full of steroids, full of biologics, full of all kinds of prescriptions. Grace and peace. My name is Vicki Dillard. My mother sets my medical thing up for me so that I'm not live and have an accident. Assalamu alaikum. Shalom. My hotel. Now let's talk about this here. Mm. You understand? So seeding and doing what I do. And how can these things be? This prophecy as a girl that you're going to have impact over nations and governments and systems. The foolishness of social media. The foolishness of Fly Nubian Queen said they're looking for new contributors. Can you fill out this application? And this sick girl fills out the application. Couldn't hardly see. At one time, couldn't hardly walk. Was on death's door multiple times, multiple procedures, multiple different things that affected my, one of my central organs, which I won't say, but moved into my blood, which moved into my lungs, moved into my pancreas. Okay, yes, cool. Did it. And that began to open up doors and the consistency in me understanding the power of my seed form and what I was doing, broadcasting, mm. you understand? And by the way, the word broadcast is an agrarian word. It's a farmer's word, it comes from the farm, broadcast, which had to do with 
casting seed and me understanding that it's mm. going to produce in due course. So that's a part of my very long story. <laughs> <laughs> to make it sure. <laughs> to make it sure. A long story short. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I mean, you know, how, how you know, a story like that involves a lot of emotion, you know, um, and it's personal to you. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you jam that in 10 minutes or mm -hmm. five minutes or 20 <laughs> yes. minutes? You know, I, I think that, and the word I was actually looking for was redemption. Mm. You know, and it was saying that, you know, a society that doesn't have a pathway towards redemption mm -hmm. is not a society you should be a part of. Mm -hmm. It's not an organization. It's not a nation. It's not a membership. Mm -hmm. It's not a tribe. Mm -hmm. If there's no pathway for redemption, mm -hmm. that's a one-way organization. Sure. And it has to be led by falsehood and false leaders and false members mm -hmm. because those members have had to make mistakes themselves. Mm -hmm. Right? Just maybe not yet known. Mm -hmm. So... In today's time, for me, I find grace and redemption to be very important, mm -hmm. right? And the stories that we tell, because I don't hear redemption stories often. Sometimes mm -hmm. we do. For the same thing, we want to cast somebody else out. We celebrate another person because they can tell the story mm -hmm. in a motivational way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wait a minute. How mm -hmm. long should this person wait before they can be motivational, right? Right. <laughs> With their story. Right. You know, and that that is like the world I want my children to grow up in. Mm. Because I don't expect to have perfect children who make no mistakes. Sure. But I do have the expectation that they have the grace to learn, mm -hmm. right? And they are able to be redeemed, right? Once they make amends for that which they have done. And yeah. I think about that over my own life all the mm, time. Sure. Because I know I ain't nowhere near perfect. Sure, sure. Right? But you said something also that was profound. The people that call you during times where they feel like you are wrong don't call you during no other time right, to help you out. Right. And I find that there's a lack of counseling in this world, mm, right? Mm. If if a person was to view something and say, hey, I don't like the way you're doing this thing. Let me, can I give you some advice? Right, right. No, they'd just say, I'm going to watch this person slip up and then see if I can report that later. Right, right, right. That to me is devilish, mm. right? Mm. Because you're doing two things. Now you're allowing that thing that you don't want to happen to happen, mm. right? So for me, you're almost a part of it. Mm. And then two, you're not helping where you can. Right. Right? So, you know, I believe God gives you opportunities to be an angel. Yeah. Right? And we deny those opportunities to be a devil. Mm. Right? Mm. So that's where I'm at and time in that conversation but i do want to go back to this conversation of just women in time mm. right mothers in time yes. matriarch in time yes i think it's very powerful because portals open up every single day on this planet mm -hmm, Earth when mm -hmm. they call wombs yes and yes people were born. yes it's a light and dark process children are literally being pulled out their mother's womb like magic mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. in these places and then, unfortunately, they're they're thrown into the world, yeah. you know, as it is. But it's such a magical thing. And I think that we lose sight of, number one, it's like when man stops enjoying nature, he stops enjoying his woman. Hmm. Right? Hmm. That's good. Man doesn't go in nature no more. Hmm. He drives past That's it. That's good. You know, or he may think about it when it's too late. Hmm. Right? But 
he is not enamored by it. He is not passionate That's about good. it. He doesn't sit in the grass and just draw the clouds, mm. right? Man had to figure out how to, like, tree hugging. How did that become a thing? Somebody had to be in love with some tree hugs. Hey, it was outside in love with some, oh. And then he's like, no, what? I feel better. And somebody else was like, is he tripping? Mm-mm. Well, this right. And then another brother probably was trying to disprove it. Mm. You feel me? And figured out the science. Mm-hmm. Most science comes from mm-hmm. trying to disprove somebody mm-hmm. doing something. Right. Right? Because they said, well, Facts. I don't believe by the eyes or right. the physical senses, man. I need, I need it to be mathematical. Mm-hmm. And women are, my sister, she uh she has a deep spirit like mm-hmm. you, my sister Kalima. Um, and she's a she's a fortune teller. She mm-hmm. is a a medium, if you will. She mm-hmm. feels very deep. Mm-hmm. And I believe her messages are divine. Mm. And here's the thing about mother wisdom. You don't always want to hear it. Right. (laughs) What you say? It's real. (laughs) Mothers, I think this is something, this is a key for mothers. I'm just going to give y'all the game. You are right. (laughs) right. That's not, that's not why I didn't listen. (laughs) I I didn't listen because you was right. I wanted to make the mistake. You told me leave that girl alone. She gonna do what? Can I go find out this lesson for myself, please? That's good. That's good. Man, we That's need good. confirmation through these experiences yes, instead yes. of through wisdom. Come on. You know, and so I think, you know, we don't have a That's nation. Good. And look at this. Mm-hmm. What is the ultimate judgment day for this world? That people of all backgrounds believe they make mm. movies about this mm. the ultimate judgment day of this world is when the mothership arrives mm. not the father wow. it's when the come mothership on. arrives come on and presides over the affairs of man come once on. again to guide you into a new world mm. because things are not right under wow. this current governance and, and mother and and, and mammy watches sibyls prophesied their own end um after ruling through divine guidance mm-hmm. most of the known world um, that the condition in the world has been in since yeah. her martyrdom, you understand, has been a hell of a condition. And so it's only by the restoration, you understand, which, of course, the masculine and feminine must both. They're both those energies are both necessary. But because the mother has not uh, been in her proper place. And when I'm talking about mother, I'm talking about domestically, but I'm talking about also in the political affairs uh, uh, and worldly affairs and in every sphere of influence uh, that the world would continue to suffer until mm-hmm. she uh, was in her right place. Just wanted to mm-hmm. say that really quickly. You said something earlier as well about the one and the nine. And if you look at the one, one stands firm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one is, you know, I was always taught as represented man, mm-hmm. mine, mm-hmm. right? But then you have a nine, mm-hmm. right? That nine stands up like a one, but then it bends and has a curve. Mm-hmm. And then there's more than just, you know, you see that one, whether it's written straight like this or whether it's written like this, you know, that represents the head or mm. the mind, the body, and or we call it the erect man. Mm. But the nine, right, is pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and because it has more than a mind, it has a womb. Come on. And that's what a woman is, a womb yes. and a mind. Yes. So she has an additional responsibility on this planet Earth. Yes. That we don't have. Yes. We, and I don't want. Mm-hmm. Yes. Seems to be some men want well, that be, Right, right. I'm confused. Yes, I'm confused. They made I it. I'm confused. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Yes. <laughs> 
some things I can't calculate. <laughs> yeah. You know, NASA scientists have said that they figured out, you know, how much water is on a planet 30 billion miles away. Mm. But we still can't figure out what's wrong with these people a couple miles away. My, my, my. You know what I'm my, saying? My, my, my. There's something off tilt about their water. That's right. Sure. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? There's some imbalances in the mechanisms of mm. these people mm. that I don't really have the time to figure out because I think by the time you calculate it, the world be over. Right. You feel me? Right. Uh, <laughs> these people be out here tripping, Well, well said. Well said. <laughs> but, you know, what is the the the, the that power when you stand in yourself, right? And you and I also want to get into some of these spiritual rituals. Mm-hmm. Yes. What is that? Why do you think women had that natural inclination to learn about nature, to learn about medicines, mm-hmm. right? They were called witches because yes. they knew how to deal with the earth. Yes, yes. They knew how to deal with Mother Nature. Yes. They went out there and they had a relationship. Lately, let's cook the leaves like this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's deal with the medicine. You would bring them to the medicine women to deal with it yes. and learn the medicines. Come on. But it's like, what was that natural? What was that natural curiosity to go out there and you know to say that there is a cure for things that man does not know. Well, you know, the earth is feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in this ecosystem, this womb, yes? And um, the way the earth operates is very similar to the way uh, we as women um, operate uh, in terms of uh, just in a, the most basic sense of giving the life and sustaining the life. Mm. Um, we are the earth, and there are so many scientific um, connections, but a lot of the spiritual connections, one of the things that our womb is is not just physical to where we can make human beings, which is the highest order. Um, we can make major ideas. We, we, we can produce because the womb is also an energetic thing, you understand. So our womb, when we look at the Sanskrit, the region in which our womb is in, and one of the ancient languages in Sanskrit, this area means abode. Mm. And also... Um, Another one of the Sanskrit terms, when you look again in the region of the womb, is the city of jewels. Mm. So when this text, and if we're going to just use the Bible, for example, when it talks about the woman's value and Proverbs 31 is more than rubies and more than this, and it likens it to um, uh, uh, such things. And then it talks about that he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor mm-hmm. from the Lord. The woman mm-hmm. is a favor. We are money, you understand. You know, we are wealth, which is why we see those comparisons to wealth and value and talking about this extraordinary favor that comes along with the one that finds, he that finds a wife finds a good things and obtains favor from the divine, from the Lord. So that's really important to understand just in that uh, particular sense spiritually. But then in terms of this inclination that we as women have, that's our particular energy. But our womb, by being this cosmic portal, that doesn't just um, uh, um, make man, you understand, material, physical human beings. Um, our womb is an energetic realm. You can't see, but it's still, uh, 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 it's an it's a actual another realm and layer that we have the ability to walk into this particular energy and produce and create. One example of that in terms of us producing, making men and women, 
is that for the first few days, when you find out, a woman finds out that uh, she's pregnant, um, it takes a minute for the heartbeat to kick in. Mm. So what's going on in that space between, you said I'm pregnant with um, a child, another human being, but there's not yet quite this heartbeat, you understand? And what is that heartbeat? What is this spark of, of, of life? And how did it know where to come? Mm. You understand? So what is this communication with this physical thing that's going on that this test said I'm pregnant? Only a few days. And there's officially not yet this unseen thing, you understand, that comes. And how does it know where to come? So it is my belief that the womb also magnetizes souls. You understand? So that by itself means that there's more than just a physical thing, you understand, that goes on with the womb. So this gives us an additional uh, benefit and connection to the mm-hmm. divine is where I, I'm trying to go with this. So you all know, y'all are the sign, y'all, y'all are one of them, all the facts and figures and just have my head swimming around this book. So you would know uh, even uh, better than me that based on some of the research I've done some time ago, it said that, a lot of our electricity is not just in the head now, it's in the heart and the, this, this gut area. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we always say, well, I knew that my gut yeah. told me, right? So we got these different centers going on, but we as women have always known that this was a communication thing that was here before they told us a couple of days ago, oh, it's, it's more energy up in the heart, more than that, yeah. in the head, you know? But we always knew, I know stuff, which is why I say I know stuff that I didn't know, but I immediately connected the fact that the more I engaged spiritually in my meditations and prayers, and rituals, the stuff outside of me, you understand, started to be different. I was getting different responses when I was going in courts. Supernatural stuff started happening, different encounters. I didn't only go into a trance and saw a spiritual council to where the one that was sitting on the throne was signing legal documents and moved them out of the way and say, I think I hear Vicky calling. But during one of my intense times, in my prayer room, they came down. Most angels don't have wings, but some do. There are different terms for angels that don't really mean angels. They're actually different beings, but to help keep it simplified, I'm going to call them all angels, which also means messengers. They were wing to wings, but as I was in my prayer space, Brother 19 Keys, 17, 18 years ago, do you know, um, that's why I got the revelation from the gavel. It was a divine that gave me that, that told me I was legislating the spirit because I wasn't engaging just on what Vicky needed. At the time, I was doing international stuff and had a globe in my prayer room. And this particular time, the council came down, stood wing to wing, and they had legal pads taking down what I said. And guess what? One of the things that they had me on that many years ago, Ukraine and Russia. Mm. So when people see me talking about international issues at a certain time, it's always been my thing. My money went to missions. I did trainings for certain missions things years ago when people didn't know about it. But I have to move the way my court and the timing. You understand the prophecy? Do you see connections with the Sibyls and their influence in the nations and in the worlds and stuff that we're meant to do? Because a part of the job of the Sibyls, they brought correction. So you got military leaders and nations that came to them. What do I do about this plague? What do I do about this particular legislative issue? What do I do? And they will bring correction. You understand? 
And then they would tap in and get the ritual and tell them, this is what you need to do to fix this. And when they listen to that wisdom, guess what? Maya, mm. voila, magic. Because they heeded their instruction and their particular solution that they gave to the thing. But that was their supernatural connection to tap in. So when the Vatican Church and the other religious systems that end up biting off of them, they, they were able to get quite far stealing the known wisdom, the wisdom that was released and that was mm-hmm. released in their oracles. But they were limited, brother, because much of their ability and sanction to tap into the supernatural was based on their bloodline. They couldn't duplicate that part. So you understand. Mm. Now, as the writer of this book, Mama Zogbe said, some of the civil blood, she said, were brought here in the Americas in chains. So she made it clear in the book that some of the symbols are going to rise up. You can see again today in some of the ghettos here in the United States of America to do what needs to be done on our planet. So I got a book coming out in a few months called The Dark Goddess Invasion. And it has to do with the divine energy that needs to take place uh, on the planet in order to heal the planet. Nothing will ever and can never go right mm-hmm. unless and until she's properly I agree. I mean, think about any organization to to only retrofit your organization with men mm-hmm. is to automatically create an imbalance. Yes. There's just there's there's always going to be sight perspective, thoughts, ideas that women will have that men won't. Yes. So why would you want that missing? Yes. Right. Why would you want that automatically missing and you starting off with a deficit? Come on. It makes no sense whatsoever. You know, <sighs> But as men, I recognize that and we are in a unique time and position to try to figure out this thing to get back to purity because we have so much, same thing with women and men, we have so much trauma within us Mm -hmm. that we blame everybody. Yeah. Women blame the 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 lineage of men on the planet Earth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Men blame the lineage of women. And it's like the Young boys listen to this and young girls listen to this and they hold the weight yeah. of all the men and women who've been there before them. Yes. And either that makes them like go against it. The young girls, they think completely against the patriarchy and anything that's mm-hmm. connected to it. Right. And then young boys be Forget like, these it. women are tripping. Right. And, and so it becomes this and it's like, wait a minute. You know, the people has always been the most powerful threat against any nation, government, yes. or the institution. But not a people that can't even talk to each other. Right, right. Definitely not a people that don't have meetings no more. Right. And the meetings started happening in the household. Come on. The mother talked to the to the father and be like, yo, you going to keep letting them do that at mm, the job? Mm, mm. Then how about you go get some of the boys? You know mm. what I mean? And y'all start a union or something. Come on. You feel me? He going to be like, damn, Betty been telling me about this. Mm, you feel mm, me? She mm. been riding my coattail about it, man. We got to do something. Yes. And then, cause, so you don't even like... Tracing that source of all those ideas that came from women throughout time in that spark movement. Sure. Is important. Yeah, men were the messengers, may have been the foot soldiers sure, of it. Sure. But who was the visionary? Yeah. And when history roots out the visionaries of the ideas yeah. and things, especially at a time where it was damn near illegal to have ideas. Come on now. So you're not going to come to the homies and be like, yo, my girl gave me this idea. Mom's told me this. Wife's told me this. Right. No, man. 
I got this one. And she mm-hmm. she understood. Like, don't tell them that came from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the world yeah. we live in. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why we have such an imbalance because we can't even give accreditation what credit mm-hmm. is due. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I love that story and I look forward to studying it further. Yes. You know, um, that history. And there's so much about our earth that we don't know. It's funny because we was talking, I started thinking, hey, Mo, earth is one of the most undisputed words. Mm. You know, we dispute about Africa, mm. America, all we be disputing about everything. I don't ever hear nobody dispute about Earth. Hmm. And that was just a thought. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So people don't be like, it ain't called Earth. And, you know, I'm sure somebody got some, it's gonna be some new thing pop up, like an <laughs> organization against calling Earth Earth. Oh, I don't Lord. Know. It's, it's always somebody something. Yeah, something. It, it's true. I'm I want to know um, your rituals. Yes. What are some of the rituals that you do to um, honor your ancestors, mm. to attract and magnetize things? Mm. Um, and, yeah. And what are some of those things that you teach? I love that you said that. And um, I'll say some of these things I learned through my direct engagement because I was rejected from so many spiritual uh, systems and mm-hmm. so forth. And so my mother heard me crying many years ago. And, you know, she said to me in her wisdom, Brother 19, she said, well, maybe God wants to teach you himself. Mm. And so that's what drove me into these particular rituals that I mentioned before. That was deep. Very, right? And that's after rejection. So one of the things that I began to do, and this is what I think messes a lot of people up, is we overthink um, what our spiritual engagement should be. I say just do something. Do anything and do it consistently. So for me, what I do is I make sure that I have a set aside, dedicated certain time that I do certain things at the time. I was doing um, rituals for three hours. Um, But when you're dealing with medical and timing things that I'm dealing with now because of health and other things, I have to shift it. So I do certain feminine womb um, rituals. Um, I do what I do, what I call certain watches. Mm-hmm. That means I pray at certain times to tap in uh, to certain portals because the spiritual realm is thinner in certain times and certain uh, things that I tap into at that time. Sometimes I journal. Sometimes um, I do mantras. Uh, sometimes I speak in the supernatural language. Sometimes I sit in silence. Um, sometimes I do grounding. Um, there are multiple different rituals that I engage in, but I'm very, very consistent about the rituals that I do. I also uh, sometimes incorporate incense in my things Um, in terms of honoring my ancestors and so forth. What I teach is that when we honor our ancestors, when we raise certain altars, an altar is a desk, yes, but it's a sacred desk. What happens at a desk in an office? Business goes down. Mm -hmm. So, that's what I first taught myself. And how ta- do you, not to cut your wisdom, No. How do you create an altar? Well, very simply, um, and if we're specific, depending on what altars you're talking about, but if we're talking about like a simple ancestor's altars, which there are a lot of basic information that's out there about that, I would just say simply find a dedicated spot anywhere in your home. If you have some pictures of some of your uh, passed on loved ones, put those out. Mm-hmm. I would say put a candle, put a, a glass of water, if they were into uh, the Bible, put a, a Bible on there. Um, if Islam put a Quran uh, on the altar, um, 
something that is associated and that's meaningful to that particular ancestor. Frequent it sometimes, light the candle. We do those particular things because we want things to represent the four elements, which connects to the creative force, which has to do with the candle, basically takes care of the air part, the fire part. And of course, you're dealing also with water and a level of earth. So sometimes if you have a plant uh, there as well, and even the incense can kind of represent earth as well. So you want something there that's a metaphysical thing. So if you don't, even if you don't understand it, do it. (laughs) So put it there. It's the same way if you have an office desk, right? If you have a regular office desk, you expect to be a computer, maybe a fax machine, telephone, a lot of times banking information. What does all of this have to do with certain levels of transmission, right? Communication, uh, ways of transporting and emitting information and power. You know you're taking care of business and that's the intention there. That's what you're doing at your particular altar, making your intention very clear mm. because those particular energies like, a, what is it, a motive? Mm-hmm. How many know if you move into a new spot, you want to tap into the internet, but you can't, right? Without that motive. You don't think it's strange that they have to come install that, right? Mm. To connect you to this network of things. Right. So I want you to see your altar as a place, as a concentration mm. of power. So it's going to intensify that. And of course, the more you frequent it, the items that you put there, and even your remembrance of them, even you're honoring them, you're reverencing them. Even if there's a Thanksgiving holiday, let's say, for example, I know a lot of folks don't celebrate that now, yeah. um, but they did. So the altar is not about what you, mm. they don't put no vegan stuff on that altar if they weren't vegan. Kansas <laughs> <laughs> didn't do vegan, you understand? So it has to be things that they, you understand, because it's about about a vibrational yeah. and energetic thing. So you ain't honoring you yeah. and what I think is right. So you're trying to tap into that energy and that line with your ancestors of that first line. Before you get to angels, before you get to certain other entities and energies that I won't get into here, your first line of defense is your ancestors because they're closest also in the unseen to earth. And so they're the ones that also negotiate with sometimes the other energies. Mm-hmm. So this is the first line of defense that you want to honor. So that's why I say if it is holiday or something, you put that plate there for them. You understand? If there was some hymns or certain music that they liked, play that with the intention of honoring them. That's going to concentrate that power and that network, like that modem, to cause you to tap into what? this The communication system, this other energy and power that you otherwise wouldn't. So that's what I want folks to keep in mind. That's just some of the basics that you can start with. But I just gave you other things Um whether it's music, whether it's this, whether it's that, and then make particular requests known. Let them know what's on your mind, what's on your heart. A lot of reverence, a lot of gratitude, a lot of thanksgiving, but also request because you want to take your family, your lineage to the next level, which is why you come from a bloodline, that cord, you understand. And so there's some information that I break down too, which I got revelation wise in terms of the umbilical cord, the umbilical cord. And after I was doing a lot of research on it, and even the pronunciation of the word, we say umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. That's what they tell us. But when I start looking at a lot of the, that word and where it came from and all of the different branches that took me down this rabbit hole, is it the umbilical cord or the umbilical cord? Mm. That's some information and messages that was coded down. So they changed, you understand, in my opinion, the pronunciation of umbilical cord. To umbilical cord from unbiblical because biblical dealing with the text, not necessarily the Bible that we know today, but Bible 
where the word comes from, just having to do with an anthology of words and stories. So there's messages that come there and that connection with the umbilical cord um, that I want us to see our connection with our ancestors. And so in the same way, you have a cord for a telephone. We used to, of course, now we're wireless. But our ancestors alter and the remembrance of them, the connection of them keeps us connected to this other energy that keeps us tapped in to this other unseen network that gives us information and transmission and quite frankly, power energy that we otherwise wouldn't. Um, that's just some of them. No. Very, very basics. No, that was thorough. Um, and I want to thank you. Yes. I want to thank you for your energy, your vulnerability, um, your space, your time. Thank you. Uh, I think that a lot of people gravitate towards you because you represent a level of strength and courage, mm. right? And this world, you go alone and get alone, mm. you know what I mean? Or you become the disruptor. And in that disruption, you know, you may not get along with everybody else, but mm. you be best friends with God, mm. you know? Mm. And the question becomes is, are you and God good? Come on. Right? You can make enemies of family. Yeah. You can make enemies of friends, mm. enemies of the world. But it always comes down, are you and God good? Yes. Right? Yes. And I believe that, you know, people who are at peace is because they are good with God. Mm. Right? And you seem to be good with God to me. Thank you so you know, much. I met you just yesterday for the first time in person. In person, yes. But you have a very yes, solid yes. and strong energy. Yes, thank you. And yes. I honor that and I appreciate that. And I want you to continue to honor that energy as I know you will. Thank you so much. Right. May I say one thing yes, quickly? Quickly, and I will do this quickly. What I want folks to understand when I'm talking about the supernatural, when I'm talking about the spiritual, we're in a very tumultuous time now, yes. There's a new world order. There's a changing of the guards. And there's a changing of the gods and goddesses. Mm. That means there's a natural governmental shift. And there's a spiritual shift. When I'm talking about my supernatural experience, when I tapped into and attended this other council, and that same council came down, I want folks to know that what's happening on earth is being played out in government and in politics, which is why I deal with politics, is because that counter is happening in the unseen. There's a government over your head. And what they, the agenda of this unseen government and council is affecting and influencing the affairs on earth. But we can tap into that government to know stuff we don't know, mm. to use those powers and energies and high level wisdom, classified knowledge and information that supersedes all others to bring to earth, to remake the earth, just like Joseph, the story of Joseph took from the prison to the palace. And they called on Joseph to interpret the king's dreams because none of his High-level governmental officials could figure out the dream. So they had to call on the felon. They had to go to the prison to get their dreams interpreted. So I want folks to understand in this season that our magic, our spiritual power, in other words, is what's going to give us the edge in this new world. We're the new leaders. And it's because of our spiritual acuity and fitness that's going to cause us to need the new world. That's what I want to emphasize. And that's what I bring to the table with both of those particular things. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say. No, thank you. Uh, well, there you have it, family. This has been a high-level conversations with Vicki Dillard. Make sure y'all tap into the sister, mm -hmm. to her platform. Yes. Um, high-level conversations will continue to be a platform where we will spark your thinking. Mm -hmm. We will challenge your feelings. Mm -hmm. May challenge your beliefs. 
It will force you to have conversations with yourself, your family, your spirit, your soul. Mm-hmm. And if the content that you're watching doesn't do that, then what is it doing for mm-hmm. you? Right? We wanted to grow you, to yes. elevate you, yeah. not to put content in front of you to distract you so mm-hmm. that you're not conscious of what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's what this conversation was just about. I promise you. Go find your mother. Kiss her spiritually if she's yeah. no longer here. Mm-hmm. And kiss her physically on the cheek if she is. Yes. Peace. Peace. I'm 19 Keys, and this is High Level Conversation. Tap in with the God. First of all, I want to say the state of black media, we're in our finest hour. I say that often. Why do you say that, Vicky? We talk about the old dead black media who's subservient to. Uh, uh, Mystery Babylon who's failing and falling and whose time uh, has come to an end that's supporting that. But then we have the new voices that are coming in strange and unusual ways and alternative means and we're seeding our message. So we're not finding our, I say that like a woman that's getting ready to give birth, right? If you see a woman screaming and hollering in pain, you wouldn't think anything good was going on, right? (laughs) But she's getting ready to give birth. So I want us to see that that's the new state. There's a changing of the guards. There's a changing uh, of the gods uh, as it relates to black media. So I am actually very excited because these are not handpicked folks from the system that's dying, the oppressive system. These are folks, um, as the text says, uh, not many wise men after the flesh, not many noble, but the divine has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So that's why I say you are the new world rulers. Uh, and so we are. So I'm actually very excited. Yes, on the one hand, you're going to see me giving the everlasting word. That's the work of the demolition. But demolition is done before what? before the building. So that's uh, so I'm actually very excited about the new voices uh, that's rising in this hour. <laughs> I think Vicki Dillard represents the black woman who isn't accepted in the world. And I think it's necessary that if there are any safe spaces in this world for black women such as Vicki Dillard, that we make it. So I actually wouldn't feel right putting out a span of high level conversations when it's somebody that I see down my timeline, you know, um, that puts passion and energy towards the awakening of her people who have a story and just ignore that daily. So it was always going to be. And by having women on the platform, it is a representation of the one standing in front of the nine. That's the demonstration. And what is birth when that happens? You know how many people have written me off before? Then I became bigger than them. And I believe that if we get to the point where the very people that they don't want to have a spotlight and we give them that spotlight, oh, we shine light on the very things that they hate. The truth. So, yeah. I 100% always knew Vicky was going to be up here. And when she came up here, she did exactly what I thought she was going to do. She brought that truth. She brought that energy. She brought her perspective. And, you know, we talk about diversity all the time, but the diversity amongst black men and women is vast, but it's not represented, especially not on true platforms and stages. We have this uh, list of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. 
And it's usually because of our connections to white establishment that we even honor those lists of what's acceptable and what's not. And those who fail to conform to those lists of things do not get the reward that this world says is waiting for you if you do listen. Man, I like the people who tear shit down. I like the people who break bones. I like the people who make people mad. I like the people who disrupt things. People be always waiting to meet me in person to see if it's real, man. It is what it is. I'm not waiting for you to see if it's real. It's already real. You ain't got to touch the sun and know it got that heat. You know what I'm talking about? Vicky, bring the heat. I bring the heat. And anybody else that come bring the heat for the planet Earth, y'all welcome on High Level Conversations. Yes. Well, first of all, media in the sense is very, very spiritual. Even when you look at the word media, media is the plural for medium. And of course, we also use the word medium. We deal with spirituals, right? These are folks that are what? Channelers from the other unseen. So first of all, there's a spiritual connection right there. And so I say when um, you hear uh, folks say that um, some of the prophets would say false prophets and true prophets, I say that your modern reporters and journalists uh, mainstream journalists and legacy media journalists. They're your modern false prophets. You understand? This is the channel, in other words, where messages and agendas, spirit comes forth. Why do I say that? Because it's written that the words that I speak are spirit and life. They're energy. So this is something that's deeply metaphysical going on is what I'm trying to get you to understand when you ask me, what is the state of media? So you need to first understand it's first spiritual. There's first a metaphysical thing taking place when you are engaged in any form of media. Because of the failure of the oppressive system, because the system can't work properly without a media, you see, to disseminate uh, 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 this, this whatever world this is, because it's wrapped up actually in our mouths, which is why we say what? Death and life is in the power of the tongue. This is how powerful I want us to understand media. You can't um, ex uh, 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 extract it from a spiritual connection. So that's, first of all, what's taking place um, in terms of. And I hope I don't miss the end of your question about um, our responsibility. It's extraordinarily important uh, for us to understand What's happening on an unseen level? Why do I say that? I say this quote all the time, brother, that if you're not tapped into the, um, to the spiritual, the ethers, you will misread what's happening on earth. You're, you're not everything that you read. Somebody can be actually telling you the truth. When you read the newspaper, it can be filled with certain facts. But the context of that particular thing and the agenda that that particular piece is driving may actually be contrary and counter to your well-being. So first of all, it's just being aware that there's even a war going on. It's you being conscious. Have you ever heard the phrase a war of words? There's a reason for that. So before they go to war with anybody domestically and before they even go to war with somebody globally like they did Hussein, what do they do? They first of all, they demonize them in the media first. They create an unseen environment so that when we do infiltrate and terrorize a government or a nation, what happens? Nobody rises up to do anything because they've already created the environment. And we always like to talk about Hitler and Goebbels, who was his chief propaganda ministry, minister, right? He was able to propagate his agenda through words, through media. That's the power of media. So our responsibility is to understand spiritually what you're messing with. You see? And secondly, understand these dynamics that I just mentioned and the power of us being able to shift uh, and to impact masses. And you take your righteous self 
You take the good and your unique talents and gifts and capacities and abilities and you properly use media. I talked earlier and I'll say this and I'm done, I promise, that the word broadcasting is is an agrarian word, which means it comes from the, the ground, the farm. So broadcast meant one that would seed. Oh, you see, now, that's what that meant. So there's, it's not by accident that the media uses the term broadcast because they understand very well what they're seeding something and nobody sows a seed. No farmer sows a seed without what? Expecting something to come from that. So that's what I want you to be aware of what you're doing, what's happening and that every one of us have an ability to impact the planet in one way or another. And if it's from your phone, but if you're well-meaning and if you understand your unique purpose and to understand that everybody's purpose is not to be in media in that sense, but it's not going to be in the studio anymore. We can impact folks by turning your house into a headquarters and making that your studio. And that actually power is very accessible if you could but discern and see what's right in your hands. How can we start a business without partnership? How can we win a game without a team? You know, is there a earth without the sun? I think what we've done is we've abandoned appreciation for something that has never stopped working. The matriarch never stopped working. On a micro level, the household and the woman every single day in the hospitals all across the globe is giving birth. It never stopped working. We stopped working with her. And so when we remind ourselves, because it's a reminder, it's already within us, we go against ourselves and people hate themselves when they do wrong to the matriarch. People hate when they know that this behavior of mine is shameful or guiltful. Why is that? Because God programmed us to work with our woman, right? He made us a way and he made her a way. And together we make a way. But in this world where things have become convoluted as far as, you know, what's acceptable, what's not, what's power, what's not power. I think that the first thing we got to do is in the association with the almighty only to ourselves and we have to show an obvious reverence to a very logical man if you are a man you should be logical and the easy mathematical conclusion is somebody who can go through the fierce ability of giving birth is powerful and if men could give birth we'd be like we gods it'd be easy we'd be walking around with the ego of julius caesar you know what i'm saying but Women can do it, and because we're not women, we don't give her that. In the same way, the white man demeans the black man for his abilities that he doesn't have, right? He treats us that same way. And we started to oppress our woman because she can do special things that we can't do instead of honoring our own talents. And I believe that it starts in the way that we show up for ourselves, right? There are certain traits that a man has that a woman loves. Certain traits a woman has that a man loves, And we stop building ourselves for each other. We start building ourselves for ourselves, right? We build businesses to feed our capitalistic goals so we can make profit and it make us feel good. We stop inserting our traits and using them for the collectiveness. 
when we did that, we would look around and see what's special in you, what's special in me, how can we use this together? And that's the obvious is of the woman. Right. We look at the woman, woman say, well, listen, I got intuitive abilities. I sense things you can't see. I have a natural affinity for nature. You know, you want to go out and you you want to utilize your physical mind and intellect and have things come to a conclusion. And I want things to flow. OK, how can we make that work together? Right. And then they come together in a union and they are able to build things and honor each other without it taking away from each other's power because they empower each other. And I think that that thing of like, yo, when a person is in their power, they're not jealous of another. And men and women have been jealous of each other. Women have been jealous of men's physical abilities and men have been jealous of women's physical abilities. Right. But for different, complete reasons, instead of honoring social media makes us jealous as hell. We scroll and damn, he got what I ain't got. I ain't even want what he got. But now I want it and can't get it. And now I'm mad. She got what we got. You don't even want what she got. But you jealous. Right. So man does all he can to get into a woman, but he needs to do better at getting beside his woman. thousand milligrams one ounce one ounce 0.5 gram i think it's too much here i'm gonna be honest i think we need to label this one uh supermind extreme i think we need to have one where we kind of cut it this is the disclaimer i gotta do for this product if you take this product it's a supercharged product it's not one of the ones to where you know you just take and you chill mode it's one of the ones you take and you super focus mental acuity is is growing you can feel like you remembering things from your childhood that you never knew before don't take this one if you don't want the supercharge and right now we only have the super mind we don't have a regular mind so this is the one that got the lion's mane the cbd the the black seed oil the mct oil this is the one that had you goddamn running all day long and just knocking out tasks at the task at the task at the task you feel me but don't take this if you don't want to have a supercharged day this is only from the supercharged days because i think we put too much in this one so that's a disclaimer on this before you all go and get some of that super mind Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, 
Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.